Wayfarer's Chapel is a national memorial to Emanuel Swedenborg and an ecumenical ministry of the Swedenborgian Church based here in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. We seek to nurture the spiritual journey of all wayfarers traveling through life. Our podcast features our weekly sermon and scripture readings. Enjoy. Grace Before Meals. The Sunday school teacher asks, Now, Johnny, tell me frankly, do you say prayers before eating? No, sir, says little Johnny. I don't have to. My mom is a good cook. So I want to talk a little bit about the faith journey and kicking this off with something that wasn't in what I just read from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them, and the peace, the God of peace, will be with you. Now I want to start off with that. Not only be, it, it blends well with the other readings that were already read, but I want to talk about this word that is powerful. If. It's in the middle of life. You've got an L and an E on the other side. In that scripture, everything hinges on if. We've been given everything, it's already here, and if we are to see the good in ourselves and our neighbor and the goodness of God, if we are to look at the glimmer of light that is already there, if we change our perspective of what we are looking at, if we do this, then we are living in the light. The question comes down to us, and it is in the center of life. It is that big question we have to ask ourselves. If. If we are willing to take a leap of faith, if we are willing to trust the Lord more deeply, more fully, if we are willing to walk the walk and talk the talk and live it out, then it becomes a reality. We can live lives where we walk out into the world and let's, let's face it, here on, on a Sunday in a sacred space, it's a way to kind of dust off some of that stuff, the detritus, as they say, you know, the stuff that falls off of the branches. All that stuff that is, that is there, and yes, it has its purpose. It, if you're a cultivator of, of uh, gardens, you know that all of that stuff if it uh, breaks down, it turns into rich soil. 
when we start to lean on God more fully, we have the possibility at any point in time to let that stuff out there and the world drag us down. And let me tell you, lots of people, lots of groups, lots of organizations want to pull us down to the area where they want to battle us. It's in the ground. It's down the dirt. It's pulling down to a level that is that playing field. If we are going to be true followers of the living light, we need to change our perspective. We need to be looking up. If we are looking for those gleams of light in every day and every moment, it's a little bit like that's that gospel reading. The gospel reading in John where if there were a library that could contain everything that happened in Jesus' life, there are not enough libraries on this planet, not enough books that could be written to contain what is there in the life of Jesus. And yet, this Bible, it's been around for a couple thousand years, and it's good enough, it works, it does its thing. And yet, in that scripture reading, it opens up a whole lot that is there that we don't even know about. We, do, we, only, need, we only know a fraction of what Jesus' life was like. If we're willing to look and see all those places where the light has already come through, where God has already cracked open, and if we sustain our attention in those places of levity, then we're able to see a little bit more of the new heaven that has already formed cracking into this denser materiality. If we're willing to look. There's a lot contained in that word, if. And I think about this. I was thinking about that one piece of scripture. There's one line. It's the last, very last line of the Gospel of John. And if you've read the Gospels, you know John is the more mystical, emphasizing the divinity of Jesus. And here there is that one little glimmer at the end, the very end of the Gospel of John, that describes a little bit about what it must have been like. To have, can you imagine yourselves? spending an entire day with Jesus here on earth. The entire time you would have spent, there would have been little tiny miracles, micro moments, where you were paying attention to things that were beyond what you perceived as a possibility of happening in this world. And that one line of scripture really, for me, unlocks a whole lot about the mystery that will remain a sacred mystery because there's a whole lot that is not recorded in any of the gospels. There's a whole lot that is not there, that we will never know. And yet, we are encouraged to put our, traith, our faith, our trust, to seek out where God is moving us in our own lives, if we're willing to go there, if we're willing to accept that the new heaven is already there. It's already, but not yet, because it's collaborative, it's participatory, if we're willing to take this on, if we're willing to celebrate the living God in our lives and see where those moments are breaking through into this world and shaking us. So I want to start off with that big question of if, because that's a bit about the faith journey too. If you're willing to step out into the areas of the unknown. 
if you're willing to make those leaps of faith. Now, I just presented um, some of the writings of the Christian mystic Emanuel Swedenborg. And some have said that, called him the scribe of heaven. If you're willing to believe that, then there's a whole lot that was not written that finally was written a while later. So I also wanted to um, talk a little bit about what that means as a descent of the holy city, the New Jerusalem. That thing that is there at the very end of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Swedenborg wrote a lot about Genesis, Exodus. He wrote a lot about the book of Revelation, the bookends. And they, are, they continue to, to be some of the more challenging books in the Bible. There's a lot about our origins, our creation story, Adam and Eve, the garden, our current human conditions. All of these things are explained on one level. And yet, if we're going to talk about the journey, the spiritual evolution of all of us, there's a larger journey involved. And as we're talking about the, the journey from the beginning and heading towards the end of the Bible, there's been a lot of people talking about the return back to the garden. But that's not where the Bible ends. The journey through the rest of the stories in the Bible It begins in innocence. It ends in the city, in the midst, in the garden, in the midst of the city. And this is where it starts to get more interesting because there's not a way back to the garden. That's pretty obvious. We are here in Los Angeles in the midst of the city, and our role is to use the experience of our life, our wisdom that we've gained, and not get jaded by the things of the world that try and pull us down, if we're willing to hold on to the vision that the holy city, the new Jerusalem, is not just something out there, but it's participating with us, if we're willing to use free will to co-create heaven here on earth. Now, it sounds like a fantastic thing, like not possible, let me share with you, any time that we, in real time, are choosing to do the good, to do that divine love, that divine wisdom, regardless of what the other circumstances are suggesting we do, we're not returning evil with evil, but turning and at least not fostering that. It's a whole other paradigm. It's a whole other way of existing in the world. And we're not going to be able to do this alone. The only way we're able to do this is if we are able to draw upon the Lord and the Lord's power with us in those moments. And as I've been talking about, we forge our spiritual interiors through the temptations of life. Anytime that we're succumbing to the lesser order, we're suggesting and forging, we are going in this direction. Anytime that those are presented and we choose a whole other order that is higher, that divine love, that divine wisdom, it's hard to do in real time when those moments happen. And yet, this is the choice we're all given. If 
we are willing to see it. One last thing I've been thinking about, and I'll share. Um, this is from Dr. Joe Dispenza. He talks about some things about change. He says, remember, nothing changes in your life until you change. You can't see the future through the lens of the past. Your purpose points you in the direction of your new future. Your goals support that purpose and give you measurable steps toward progress. Your intention is the fuel that helps you achieve your goals and keeps you on purpose. And clarity about all, of the, all of these helps you make the right choices as you continually move in the direction of change. It doesn't matter where you are in the year or what holiday is being observed or what personal milestone looms. It doesn't even matter if you started off today in your automatic programs. Moment to moment, whenever you realize you've forgotten the new future you're creating, you can catch yourself and bring yourself back to the present moment. You can remember. And if you keep remembering, chances are you'll stop forgetting. You can always begin again. Again, if. And I want to leave us with this. I mean, I suppose everyone believes that are going to be the exception, that at some point in the big picture, we come from God, we take on these bodies, and we get to live a certain amount of time, we influence a certain amount of people on this planet, and then at some point we're going to be letting go of these vessels. We're going to be returning from where we came from. We're going to be returning back to be with God. The time that we have in between those two big moments in our life, if we're willing to take on the challenge of making change in real ways, it starts to unlock and unpack some of the most profound things Jesus said, which is losing yourself to find yourself. When you forget about who you are and your identity is so fully immersed in the living God, you're so present. You've forgotten about who you were or you were putting on something that is totally different. It is totally new. It has never happened before. If we're willing to put some attention and time and energy on that connection with the living God and sustain it, only then are we entering what I call the sacred zone. All the potential possibilities of where we go from here on out open up, but we have to be willing, if we are willing to take that step of faith, to lose ourselves in order to find ourselves a new identity that is rooted fully in the living God. So I commend all of those who have taken this journey today. They not only took the if, but they made it a reality. And if you're willing to sustain this journey, you too can continue that journey of losing yourself in Christ in order to find a new future that is binding more heaven here on earth. May the Lord so help us all to find that sacred space. Amen.